0: Act 3 of Miss Busby's Borders by Arthur Lewis Tubbs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act 3 Scene Same as Act 1. Discover Mr. Pettifer with newspaper, seated left, dozing. He snores. Mrs. Pettifer sits by table right, with crochet work or sewing. She looks across at him severely before speaking. Alexander. Alexander Pettifer.
1: Alexander Pettifer, are you deaf? Huh? Uh, did did you... Speak? I should say I did half a dozen times. If you're so sleepy, why don't you go to bed? Why, I... Yes, I know you are. I'm afraid you'll miss something. You think there's something going on around here, and I think so, too. They seem terribly anxious to get us off to bed. But for one, I'm going to set up as long as I please. You might as well go, though. But I don't. I don't suppose you do, but you'd better go just the same. If there's anything to tell, I'll tell you in the
0: morning. Rises, goes to him, takes his paper, makes him get up and urges him toward right.
1: I ain't. Yes, you are. It's time you went to bed. You know you need a lot of sleep, and if you don't have it, you're sure to feel mean the next day. I never saw such a man for needing plenty of sleep.
0: Enter Miss Busby, center door. Good night. Oh,
1: I ain't going to bed yet. Mr. Pettifer is, though. Say good night to Miss Busby, Alexander. But I don't. He says he don't want to go to bed, and he's just as sleepy as he can be. Why, ain't. Yes, you are. Don't tell me. I guess I can tell. Come along. Well, I
2: guess it's about time. It's after half past ten.
1: <laughs> I hope you don't call that late. Of course it is for Mr. Pettifer. He's such a sleepyhead. But as for me, why, I ain't a mite sleepy. Neither am... <laughs> I know you... You'd say you wasn't if you couldn't keep your eyes open. And then tomorrow you'd be as cross as a bear.
0: Come along. He rebels feebly, but she gets him off right. Miss Busby looks after them, laughing. And just as they disappear, Florinda enters left. Oh, is that you, Florinda? Come here a minute. Florinda, close to her. Yes,
2: ma'am? See here. Now, you pay attention to what I say. Don't you tell a soul about what happened this afternoon down at that theatre. Mind you, not a living person. La like me, no ma'am. I won't, nor a dead one neither. Well, see you don't, cause if you do, I... Well, I don't know what I won't do to you. Oh, I wouldn't tell
3: nothing. No siree, you can trust this child for that, yes, ma'am?
2: What is it you don't want me to foretell? F- Why, anything... About where we went, or what happened, or what was there, or anything about it. Land, if Miss Pettifer was to find it out, you might as well print it in the newspaper. What Papa? What? Well, any of them. She's the greatest woman I ever did see for finding out all that's going on. Yes, am I done
3: told her so this morning. You what? I done say to her... I says I heard you say that she didn't never miss much what was going on. You did? Yes, I'm. I told her.
2: She didn't seem for to like it very much. Well, I declare if you ain't the worst. I've got a good notion to start you off bagging baggage. La, no, Mum,
3: I wouldn't have any. Ain't got no bag, just a kind of bundle.
2: Well, I'll bundle you off then the very next time you say anything like that to any of my boarders. It's a wonder she ain't flung it up at me before this. Now, I'm going in to see Miss Wendell a few minutes and see if I can't quiet her down a little. She's just about crazy with all that's happened and what's coming. Goes right. Blast sakes, ma'am, what is it? Never you mind. What you don't know won't hurt you and it's a good sight safer. Always, you watch the front door, and as soon as Miss Mar comes, you let me know. Now, remember what I said, and don't you tell Miss Pettifer or anybody a thing. Don't you forget now, not a single person. Deedy, Missus, I won't hope to die across my heart. Miss Busby and Dor left, looking back. Don't talk that way; it's wicked. You don't hope any such thing. Just see if you can't keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. If you manage to do that, I don't think the millennium's come, sure enough. When did it come? I ain't seen nothing of it. My land, you don't know beans.
3: Exit left. Yes, I does too, and I eat some with poke. Let me see, I got to keep my mouth open and my eyes shut. Opens mouth wide, shuts eyes tight. No, that ain't it, cause... I couldn't see to open the door or nothing. No, it keep my eyes open and my mouth shut this away. way Shuts mouth closely, opens eyes as wide as possible. Golly, that's gonna be show enough hard work for this child to do. Guess I got to do it, though. I reckon
0: else I gwine and catch the dickens. Enter Mrs. Pettifer right. She sits right, not at first noticing Florinda, who stands up left. After a pause, glances up and sees her. As soon as Mrs. Pettifer looks at her, Florinda clenches her mouth and opens her eyes very wide, staring straight ahead.
1: Oh, you're there. Are you, Florinda? I...
0: My goodness, what's the matter? Have you got a fit? Florinda continues as before, pointing first at her mouth and then at her eyes. Are you... Crazy? Florinda shakes her head vigorously, but does not change her expression. Come here. Florinda goes and stands close to her.
1: And stop acting as if you was. Stop it, I tell you.
0: Rises, shakes Florinda, who explodes into laughter.
1: There. Now you tell me what all this nonsense means. Golly, I couldn't keep
3: him shut and open no longer. I just thought as how I'd shot burst.
1: What do such actions mean, anyway? i never seen such foolishness. What excuse have you got for acting like that? Dee that's a couldn't to the orders, ma'am. Orders? You must be crazy after all.
3: No, indeedy, I ain't. Miss Busby, she done told me to do like that. I don't believe any such yarn. The idea. Yes, am um, she done told me to keep my eyes open and my mouth shut.
1: Oh, she did? What did she tell you that for? case she didn't want me to tell nothin'. Oh, I see. And of course you mustn't.
0: No, um, especially you, mum. Mrs. Pettifer, again seated. Indeed.
3: Especially me, eh? Yes, um. That's what she say. She say
0: might just well go for to put it in the newspaper. Mrs. Pettifer, at first showing anger, then changing her tactics, scheming to worm the information out of Florinda.
1: So that's it, is it? That's the second time she... Pauses, then cunningly... Well, of course, Florinda, if she told you not to tell, you mustn't. You must be a real good girl, Florinda, and do as you're told.
0: Yes, um. Shuts mouth and opens eyes as before.
1: Dear me, child alive. She didn't mean it that way. She just meant figuratively speaking. No, um. She didn't
3: say nothing about no figures. She just told me I mustn't tell a single
1: person. Well, you see, single people are so uncertain as a rule. Now I guess she forgot that I'm married, you know. And whatever you tell me is perfectly safe. Oh, no, not that I want you to tell me anything, Florinda. Of course not. Don't you dare tell me anything I don't know.
0: Florinda shakes her head, about to go out center. Hmm,
1: I hope you had a nice time this afternoon, Florinda. Down to the...
0: Pauses, naturally, looking on floor. Florinda falls into trap.
3: To the theatre, ma'am? La, now how do you know? Miss Busby told me not to tell. What did you lose, Mom? Looks on floor.
1: My needle. Pretends to find it on lap. Oh, here it is. Thanks. The theatre? Oh, yes, of course. The one where Miss Mar is, I suppose. Yes, ma'am. We don't see the
3: show, too, from the side of the stage. lestways we seen a part of it. Golly, but it was scrumptious! A gal there, she done dance right up on the tips of her toes and kick up one foot, gives a high kick,
1: dancing about, just like that. Stop it! You needn't show me any more. I never saw anything so scandalous. Was it Miss Mar done that? Oh no, ma'am, we didn't see her case she had
3: so much company in a dress-up room. Miss Wendell and. Miss Wendell? Was she there too? Yes, am And that our man that come here to see her this mornin', him and golly, I guess something's been goin' to happen. And Miss Ma,
1: she got a lot to do with it, you bet? I'll warrant she has. Of course, you don't know anything more. I guess I
3: does, but I ain't going to tell no how. Day's comin', to night I reckon, and something sure to happen. But I don't know what, and if I did, I wouldn't tell. No,
1: that's a good girl. Don't you say a word. You're a real good girl, Florinda. And tomorrow, I'll give you five cents. Oh, will you, Mom? Thank yer.
3: I's gonna buy me a new hair ribbon, yes, am I's a good girl, I is. I's was going to figure to keep my eyes open and my mouth shut
0: and... Indoor Center. I ain't going to tell nobody nothing. Opens eyes and shuts mouth as before. Bursts into laughter and runs out center to left. So,
1: pretty goings on around here. I guess she told me enough. Miss Wendell and that man, eh? Rising. But, of course, it's none of my affairs, and I never meddle. But I must say, I never saw such doings. Enter Mr. Smith, center door right. Oh, Mr. Smith, that you? You're so absent-minded and such a reader and all, that I don't suppose you've noticed anything. But I must say, I don't hardly see how you could help it. Even such a, well even a person who don't seem to take any more notice of things than you do.
0: Mr. Smith, who still has his book and on occasion pretends to peruse it.
4: I, you are a trifle mistaken, madam. I sometimes see more than people give me credit for. For instance, I have not failed to see that you are a person of very keen discernment. Sir? No offense, I assure you. I was only thinking that, well, that you seem to have the, um, suppose we say, the detective instinct. What? Me? Yes, you. For instance, if I, now, should happen to be, suppose we say, a detective... You don't mean... No, of course not. I only said supposing. Therefore... Just supposing I was a detective, and you knew something that I ought to know, I am sure you would think it your duty to tell me, and say nothing about it to anybody, wouldn't you?
1: Hmm, well, you see, I can't say as to that, because I don't know anything I think you ought to know, and if I did, I'd keep it to myself. So I hope you're satisfied.
4: Entirely. I was quite satisfied all the time that you didn't know anything, and... Ha!
1: Indeed. Well, I know you haven't got much manners, for one thing, and that I wouldn't believe you was a detective if you was to tell me so, for they're supposed to have some sense. And as for you, I never saw such impudence. Exit right.
4: Missed it that time. I thought she was just the kind of woman who couldn't keep a thing to herself...
0: Looks off center door to left.
4: Ah, well, there are others. Calling. Florinda, Florinda, I say, uh, come here a minute.
0: Goes back to right center. After a brief pause, Florinda enters center door left. You callin' me, Mr. Smith?
4: Yes, Florinda, come here.
0: She goes over by him. La,
3: Mr. Smith, what you want? You're trying to find out something, too. Diddy, it no use. I don't know anything about nothing.
4: You know where Miss Wendell is, don't you?
3: Sure I does. She's in her room now. Just got back few minutes ago. Oh, golly, I forgot. You
4: all didn't know. So, she has been out, has she? But I, uh, that is, I thought she had been in her room all day. Yes, sir.
3: You thought you knowed a lot. But that's once you done got fooled. Guess you forgot some doors have more than one key to em I done let her out.
4: <laughs> you did, you little imp. You may get put in jail for that. Don't you know you've been interfering with the law?
0: Florinda thoroughly frightened. Oh, sir, this child? Oh, sir,
3: Diddy, I didn't do nothing. Me? Please, Mr. Smith, don't put me in the jailhouse. I didn't mean nothing. Please, sir, forgive me this
4: time. Oh, oh, oh. Be quiet, then, and listen to me. There is just one way you may be able to escape. I'm not sure, but if you do exactly as I say, I may get you off.
3: Oh, Mr. Smith, try to, please try to, and I'll do just so you says to. Indeed, I will.
4: Well, then, listen to me. You must let me know where Miss Wendale went after you let her out, and all you know about what happened.
3: Oh, Mr. Smith, I can't do it. I promised, hope to die, cross my heart, I wouldn't tell. I couldn't do it, no how.
4: Very well. Then, of course, you know what to expect.
3: Oh, Masy's sakes, don't do it. Don't send me to the jailhouse. I's gonna tell. Yes, I is. Oh, golly, I'm so scared.
4: There's nothing to frighten you, child. Nobody shall know that you have told me anything. And I'll give you something handsome, too.
3: Holt your your photograph?
4: No, no. I mean money. Two dollars, perhaps.
3: Show, sure. Go along. I was going to be rich. Miss Pettifer don't promise me five cents, but I didn't tell her nothin'. No, sir, not a thing. She don't try to make me, but I wouldn't tell her.
4: That was quite right, my girl. You were wise not to tell her.
3: Oh, I didn't tell her. She gone and guessed it, though.
4: Guessed what?
3: Why, so we been to this theatre where Miss Ma sings that and Miss Wendell come and that man what's a sweetheart on her and Miss Ma, she's going to have em all here tonight for something.
4: Ah, that's it. Do you know what for?
3: No, sir. I know nothing about that. I only heard Miss Busby and Miss Wendell talkin' about it. Miss Ma, she gon' see it.
4: At what time? Do you know?
3: Guess tis about 11 o'clock. Day's gone. I'll be here.
4: Yes, sir. Very well, Florinda. That will do. You may go now.
3: Ain't you going to ask me?
4: Ask you what?
3: What y'all want to know? I ain't told you nothin'.
4: Oh, that's all right, Florinda. I don't want to know anything.
3: Golly, I's glad o' dat. Case, now I ain't gone break no promise, as I'm Mister Smith.
4: I hope not, Florinda. Not for me, at any rate. But there's one thing, Florinda. Don't tell anybody about our little conversation. I mean what we've been talking about just now. You know.
3: Oh no, sir. I ain't to say a word, not to nobody, no,
0: sir.
4: That's right, Florinda. You're a real good girl.
0: About to go. Florinda going after him. Mr. Smith? Mr. Smith turning back. Well? I was just wondering,
3: sir, if you forgot about about that two dollars, sir?
4: Oh, to be sure. Well, you see, Florinda, you didn't tell me anything. And now I don't see why I should give it to you. Still, I think I will. That is, if you will make it a point to say nothing about what we have been talking about, and promise to come and tell me anything of importance that you happen to find out. Is it a bargain?
0: It sure is, sir. But I gets the two?
4: Certainly. Here is one on account.
0: Takes Bill from pocket and gives it to her.
4: You shall have the rest tomorrow, if you still deserve it.
0: Oh, I was
3: going to serve it all right, yes, sir. Don't nobody cut this child tellin' nothin', no
0: sorry. Exit center door left.
4: Hmm. I guess it's about time to bring matters to a climax. They are beginning to get on to me around here, and the first I know the bird will have flown. He starts to
0: go out, but meets Marguerite, who enters from right. He is compelled to remain as she speaks.
5: Oh, that you, Mr. Smith? Or whatever your name is, don't go. Stay and be sociable. You know that's your strong point. He doesn't answer. There is a pause as she comes down. See, you talk so much nobody else can get a word in edgeways.
4: Edgeways? Not you. You are in the habit of making your speeches decidedly blunt.
5: (laughs) Ha ha ha, good. Why, you're looking up, getting quite witty, I declare. First, you know, we'll be getting you a place as one of those funny monologuists in our show. How'd you like it? Better in detective work, I should imagine.
4: Duh, I indeed, Miss Mar. You are jumping at conclusions.
5: Am I? Well, your conclusions seem to be in sight. That is, the end of your rope. See?
4: No, I do not. You speak in riddles.
5: Well, I'm not telling you the answer. Guess it. It'll give your, mm, brain a little needed exercise.
4: Your sarcasm is entirely lost on me, Miss Mar. I will bid you good evening.
0: About to go. Oh, Pshaw! don't
5: get huffy. I didn't mean anything. If you had any gumption, you'd talk back. All I meant was that watching a defenseless female
0: must be rather tame business. Mr. Smith showing chagrin in spite of himself.
4: So that's what you have in your head, is it? Well, you are on the wrong track. And as for the young lady... I am sure she seems to have a very able defender.
5: On the wrong track, am I? But you seem to know who I mean, all right. Come on now, Mr... well, Smith. Own up. I'm on to your little game, and you might as well quit talking around the bush. What's the charge, theft?
0: Mr. Smith betraying his surprise.
4: Madam, do you mean...
5: Not madam yet, if you please... Miss, I mean, well, I mean that you know as well as I do that she never stole that diamond pin, or the man who is paying you for this job knows it, and that it is merely a case of persecution. I dare say the villain doesn't intend to prosecute or anything like that, only frighten her and have his mean low-down revenge. Oh, there are such men or such apologies for him, and you're helping just such a brute in his attempt to do a contemptible trick— Ain't you ashamed
4: of it? Ashamed of what? There is every evidence of guilt, and in my business...
0: Stops, too late, seeing that he has betrayed himself. Ha! So you acknowledge it. It is your
5: business. Well, I'd be ashamed to own it, anybody that's as easy as you are. Pshaw! I'm more of a detective than you myself, any day. I know as much about this case as you do already. More, I guess. But you see, I don't go snooping around trying to make you think I'm absent-minded or daffy or anything like that. I talk right out and am willing to meet you fair and square. Come, drop your silly disguise, fight in the open, and show your colors.
0: Mr. Smith, apparently chagrined, but still
5: sutterfuging.
4: You make me laugh.
5: Glad to afford you any amusement, but I may make you laugh on the other side of your mouth before I get through with you.
0: He acts as if about to go but still
5: lingers. Oh, you can go now. I'm through with you for the present. When I want you again, I'll send for you.
4: Thanks. So kind of you. I appreciate it so much that I promise, whenever you want me, I shall be entirely at your service.
0: Exit right. Thanks, awfully. Enter Miss Busby, left.
5: Oh, Miss Busby, you're just the person I want to see. Everything's all fixed if Pansy doesn't fail us, and she won't. I'm sure of it. She said she'd have him here by eleven, and she'll do it if she has to gag him and bring him tied up in a bag.
2: My land, I hope she won't do anything like that. It would ruin my house.
5: Oh, she won't. You needn't worry. Where's Miss Wendale?
2: In her room. That nervous. The prospects of meeting that man face to face has upset her something terrible. I don't know, but it'll be too much for her at the last minute— She was asking about you. She wants to
5: see you. Tell her to come here, will you please? Don't you think you'd better go to her room? It's more secluded. No, send her here, please. Of
2: course I will, if you say so. Exit right.
5: Whew, things are working up. I hope I don't get a case of stage fright at the last minute. Come, come, Marguerite, brace up. You've got to see it through now, and there's no use getting nervous. Only I do wish Pansy would come. It's time. Enter Lillian, right. Oh, here you are. How are you feeling?
6: As if something terrible were about to happen. How can I ever
5: face that man? Hm. Face him? Stand right up and look him in the eye. There never was a man yet a woman couldn't get the best of if she does that. Show him you ain't afraid of him. That's the way. But he has me in his power. If you let him have, yes but meet bluff with bluff. Make him think you are a match for him, and the first thing you know he'll scoot and be glad of the chance. That's the nature of the beast. You can't tell me anything about men. But they are not all alike. Oh, no, of course not. There is always an exception, and I'm willing to admit that your Jerome is absolutely perfect. If you had listened to his advice and faced the whole thing, you might have been out of this whole mess long ago. But no, you had to wait for another woman to take a hand and show you what's what. Well, I'm glad if I can be of any use once in my lifetime. And I only hope I won't kerflummox in the last act.
0: You are afraid? Marguerite, putting her arm about Lillian, protectingly. No, little
5: Miss Timidity, I ain't afraid. And you mustn't be.
0: I'll
6: try. I don't know why you were such a friend to me. But you inspire me with confidence, and I feel as if you could do anything.
5: Well, not quite everything, but it's a pity if I can't do one poor specimen of a man after all the practice I've had.
0: Pansy is heard laughing off left. That's Pansy Purple's voice. I wonder if he... Pansy runs in centre door from left. Hello, Margie. How do you do, Miss Wendell? Glad to see you.
7: Well, we're here. Then he... Sure he is. What'd you take me for? Why, it was too easy for any fun. Even the first time I dropped the bait. Say, he sets em upright, too. We had a grand ride and a dandy feed. Seems almost a shame to let him spend so much than take advantage of him, don't it?
5: Such a man as that? No. Besides, we won't hurt him. I knew you wouldn't fail us, Pansy, but I must confess, I was just a little bit nervous.
7: What you think of that well, I don't know what it's all about, but I took your word for it that it was in a good cause and let it go with that worst of all is Jimmy he's violent. why I thought he understood. "'How could he when I didn't? "'I told him and told him that it was to oblige you "'and to help Miss Wendell, "'but he couldn't quite swallow such a pill "'as seeing his pansy picked by a man like Marden "'and worn in his buttonhole all this time. "'What do you think? "'He followed us every step of the way.'
6: "'Oh, I am so sorry.' How can I ever repay you for such kindness?
7: Ah, that's all right. Glad to be of service. Jimmy will be, too, when it's all over and he knows what it's about. Only, you see, it was sort of going it blind and quite a dose for a fellow what just got engaged.
5: Well, I guess it was, Pansy, but you won't be sorry, either of you. So Jimmy followed you, did he?
7: Well, rather... Into the restaurant and all. I almost had a fit for fear Marden would see him and spoil everything. But he didn't, so it's all right. But, say, I left him out there in the hall. Mr. Marden. Oh, I... Does he know why I'm here? Goodness, no. Didn't even know where he was going. He thinks he's just making me a little visit. Want him in here now? No, no, I...
5: I am afraid. Now that's no way. You've got to face him and have it out. So you might as well do it first as last. Just walk right up and say, How dare you, villain, and see how quick he'll wilt. But you don't know him. Don't I? Hm trust me. I've got a trick or two up my sleeve, and I'll be in the background ready to come to the rescue. Just you retire a minute and brace yourself, then take the plunge. It'll all be over in a minute, just like a dip into cold water.
0: Goes to Lillian, puts an arm about her. Oh, yes, you can. You've got to. Lillian, gaining courage.
6: I will. I will not be so weak and cowardly.
7: Yes, I will see him, and... Good for you. I don't know what it's all about, but I do know... That he ain't so much to be afraid of. I'd like to see a man give me any of his sass. He'd get it back twice over. And shall I produce him?
5: Yes, Pansy, send the beast in here. To the beauty. All right. Exit center door left. But you are sure? I'm sure we are doing what's best and when we do that, it pays to leave the outcome to a higher power that knows how to fix things upright. Only we've got to do our part, and this is where you must do yours.
0: They go off right upper entrance. After a brief pause, Felix enters center door left. He looks about, inquiringly.
8: Why, there is no one here, and Pansy said.
0: Down center, again about to go up, when he sees Lillian... appears right and stands facing him. She is pale and tremulous, but evidently determined to have it out with him. As he recognises her, he is taken aback, but quickly recovers his self-possession.
8: So, Miss Blake, we meet again?
0: Yes, Felix Marden.
6: We meet again. You have been looking for me, and here I am.
8: Yes, I suppose you have found out that there is no use trying to escape me. When I make up my mind to a thing, I never stop until that thing is accomplished. You defied me. You turned love to, well, a determination to get even, and then you thought you could outwit me. But, you see, it is impossible.
6: I see that no means are too low for you to use them in having revenge upon a woman who never did one thing to harm you. You won my confidence, and almost my love and I discovered just in time that you were worthy of neither. Then, because I refused to have more to do with you, you sought a despicable means of revenge.
8: Well, all is fair in love and war, and—
6: There is nothing fair about you. You are a villain, a cheat, and a coward.
8: Coward? You will see.
6: Yes, I shall see. Is it not cowardly to place a detective upon a woman's track, to threaten her with prison for a crime she never committed, or for the means of a petty revenge? Well, I shall try to escape you no longer. I have suffered enough dreading what you might do. Now do it. I want to know the
0: worst. Felix changing to a softer, insinuating mood.
8: But I... I don't want any revenge, Lillian. All this has been only a means to bring you back to me. All I want is you. You.
0: He goes to her, attempts to embrace her. She recoils slightly, but, for a purpose, pretends for a moment to encourage him. Can you profess love to me, after attempting to prove me a thief? They are standing down centre, he facing left, She so situated so that she can see Marguerite, who stands at extreme right.
8: Ah, but that was merely a ruse, dear. At first I sought revenge, then I thought to bring you to my feet to win you by craft. But it was all because I love you, because you are the only woman I ever loved.
0: Putting his arms about her. Lillian with her eyes on Marguerite, who nods to her as if telling her to keep on. Then you... You acknowledge that I am innocent, that the charge of
6: theft was only a trick.
8: Yes, yes, only the foolish device of one who was mad with love and jealousy.
0: Drawing her to him and trying to kiss her.
8: Darling.
0: You coward. Suddenly tearing herself from his embrace, she slaps him full in the face. He is at first too amazed and stunned to speak, staring at her. Then, livid with rage, he seizes both her wrists, bending her form down in front of him, so that she nearly sinks to the floor. She cries out with pain, but he, beside himself with rage, holds her thus.
8: So that's your game, is it? I'll make you suffer for this.
0: Lillian, struggling in vain to free herself. Let me go, I say. You hurt me.
8: Hurt you? I could kill you, but I won't, no. I'll... Bend you to my will yet, or land you behind prison bars. Releases her. Thought to get the best of me, did you? Indeed, we'll see.
0: Lillian, clasping her hands, now weak and almost collapsed. But you... You acknowledged my innocence. You...
8: Ha, to you, but you can't prove it. There are no witnesses.
0: Marguerite coming forward, taking Lillian in her arms and facing him boldly.
5: That is where you are mistaken, Felix Marden. There is
8: oh, you you are listening, eh? So she has a champion,,
5: yes, and a good one too. You brute. Your little game is up, Mr. Marden, and the quicker you make yourself scarce, the better.
8: you think so, do you? well, no, I don't. It isn't ended yet, perhaps a jury will have something to say about it.
5: A jury. Good! I would love to go into court and tell a few things I know about you. It would make something real interesting for the newspapers to print.
8: Sure. You can't scare me. What do you know?
5: Ah, plenty. And I'm not the only one in my business who could rake up old scores that wouldn't be much to your credit. I think you had better drop it, Mr. Felix Marden.
0: If you know when you're well off.
8: You meddling fool!
0: They are centred. He raises his hand to strike her, just as Jerome enters center and steps between, pushing Felix back.
9: What does this mean? How dare you, sir? And how dare you interfere
8: in what doesn't concern you?
9: It does concern me. Apologize to this lady or I will show you how much I am concerned.
0: Marguerite, laughing.
5: You see, Mr. Martin, I have a champion myself. Come, make your little apology and save yourself more trouble. Felix
0: sneeringly.
8: Apologize, I? To a vaudeville actress? Not if I know it.
0: Jerome, who, upon hearing Felix's name, glares at him savagely.
8: Marden, is that the name Marden? That is my name, sir.
5: Yes, Mr. Townsend, this is... The man.
9: Scoundrel? Villain?
0: He seizes Felix by the shoulders. They grapple and begin a struggle, just as Mr. Smith enters right. He runs and separates them, assisted by Marguerite.
4: What? Marden? Baxter, what are you doing here? Attending to business, I hope. If I can see you alone a minute.
5: Oh, it isn't necessary, Mr. Not Smith, but Baxter. He knows she is here, and that you're here, and that we're all here. Quite a merry little party, isn't it? Felix to Jerome.
8: I'll settle with you later.
9: No, you won't. It's to be now.
5: No, no, Mr. Townsend. He isn't worth it.
9: He's worth the worst trouncing a man ever had, and I mean to give it to him. I've kept in the background long enough, seems to me, and now that I have found the man, I mean to make up for lost time.
0: He is about to seize Felix again. Mr. Smith steps up, but is pushed aside.
9: Stand back. If he is half a man, let him defend himself.
0: Just as he is about to grapple with Felix again, Lillian steps between them. No, no, Jerome, for my sake. Jerome desists, steps back, and Lillian goes to him. He takes her in his arms. Felix, who cannot help showing that he is relieved at his escape, falls back and is approached by Mr. Smith, who talks to him in pantomime. Jerome and Lillian are center. Felix and Mr. Smith, right center. Marguerite, left center. Well, what next? Whose cue is it? Enter, center door left, Pansy, followed by Jimmy. "'Jimmy, behave yourself. You won't do any such
7: thing.'
10: "'Don't you believe it. I'll—' seize Felix.' "'Oh, here you are. You're just the guy I've been looking for. I owe you one.'
0: "'He goes to Felix and is about to strike him, but is hindered by Mr. Smith.'
10: Ah, oh, go on. Mind your own business. Let me swat him.'
0: "'Marguerite, taking hold of Jimmy and pulling him back.' "'That'll do, Jimmy.'
4: This is no time or place to settle this affair.
0: Felix to Mr. Smith.
8: Oh, get out. I'm through with you and the whole business.
0: He bows, goes to center door, meets Miss Busby as she enters from left, pushes past her, and goes out. She comes down. For the
2: land's sake, what's the matter with him? He looks as if he could murder somebody.
5: Well, he won't. Never fear. And now, Mr. Smith... Baxter, or whatever your name is, don't you think you might as well go, too? There doesn't seem to be much more for you to pry into around here.
0: Mr. Smith, smiling with mock politeness.
4: I go, though I assure you, it pains me to tear myself away from such charming and brilliant company.
0: Going to write. Yes,
5: it must. Sorry we can't return the compliment.
0: He has dropped his book. She picks it up, goes and offers it to him.
5: Here, don't forget your book. You might need it in your next case.
0: He ignores her, goes to center door, runs into Florinda as she enters. He then turns, goes to right, runs first into Mr. Pettifer, then into Mrs. Pettifer, finally gets past them and goes off. Florinda going to right and calling after him. Mr. Smith! Mr. Smith! Don't you forget
3: that
2: other dollar." Florinda, come back here. What do you mean by such actions? Well, he said he's going to give me another
0: dollar, and I wants it. Mr. and Mrs. Pettifer, so absorbed in themselves that they at first pay no attention to the others, come down to right-center. Jerome and Lillian are extreme right. Jimmy and Pansy up right-center. Marguerite, center, well up. Miss Busby and Florinda up left. Mrs. Pettifer, as they enter and come down. Why,
11: Alexander, I... I told you I didn't want to go to bed. I said I wouldn't go to bed, and I didn't go to bed. But, Alexander, you know... I know I'm old enough to know when I want to go to bed. And a few other things. And you might as well... Understand it. Alexander Pettifer, how dare you? Be still. You've had your say long enough, and now I'm going to have mine.
0: Bah, bah, bah. She keeps trying to speak, but he shuts her off.
11: What's that? Don't tell me. After this, I... I... Alexander Pettifer am going to be the boss. Understand? The boss. But Alexander, I... No, you won't. And I won't. And you can't make me. No matter what it is. I'm the boss from now on. And I mean it, Mrs. Pettifer. I mean it. Every word of it. Oh, dear. Oh, Alexander, what's come over you? You never
0: acted like this before. She sits and weeps.
5: (laughs) The worm has turned. Good for you, Mr. P. Glad to see you be a man.
2: About time, I should think. I've often thought, Mister Pettifer, you was a pretty poor specimen. Mrs. Pettifer jumping up and facing her angrily, Don't you say a word against Mister Pettifer!
1: Don't you dare! He's my husband, and as good a man as ever lived. You'd be mighty glad to get one half as good as he is. You know you would, but you never will, never. You're an old maid. And you'll stay one till your dying day. Come, Alexander. We won't stay here and be
0: insulted. We'll leave this house first thing tomorrow morning. That's what we'll do. Taking Mr. Pettifer by the arm and leading him to right. Come, dearie. Come along with your own little wifey. She urges him off right, and as they go out, he looks back, chuckling to himself and slyly winking to the others.
2: Well, I declare... Little wifey indeed. Old maid, am I? Well, I don't deny it, but it ain't my fault. I mean, it ain't from the lack of chances. I guess I'm better off than some woman's got husbands when you come right down to it. Husbands ain't the only thing worth living for, though... Looking at Jerome and Lillian. I'd know, but they be, sometimes. At any rate, some men a better than others... I must say, Miss Wendell, you seem to have got one of the good kind.
9: Thank you. I'm sure that's the kind she deserves, and I shall try to be, well, not the worst husband in the world.
6: One of the very best, I am sure, Jerome, dear. And better than I deserve, after so long failing to appreciate you.
9: Never mind, darling, we won't speak of that Everything is all right now.
5: Kisses her. Maybe we'd all better retire.
9: No, indeed. We want you all to stay to our wedding.
3: Why, Jerome, when?
9: Tonight. Now, if we can get a minister.
3: Guy, I can not get one. He lives right across the street.
5: I'll go and get him. Oh, I couldn't. I never heard of such a thing. There's no time like the present, and the sooner the better. I feel just like a wedding, so long as it isn't my own. Well, I guess you're all
2: crazy. It's after eleven o'clock. The minister has gone to bed.
5: Well, he can get up, can't he?
2: I'll get him up, all right. See if I don't.
0: Golly, ain't it fun? You just wait. I'll brung him. Starts to go out center. Jimmy running after her.
10: Say, tell him they will be two.
7: Why, Jimmy Spangler, there won't any such thing.
10: Yes, de will, too. To Florinda. You go and get him, and tell him it'll be worth his trouble.
3: Sure I will. Just you wait. (laughs)
7: Heh heh heh. Exit center door left. Jimmy, I think you're just terrible. I hope you don't think...
10: Now don't you say a word. I'm like Mr. Pettifer, the boss.
7: But Jimmy, this is so sudden.
10: Oh, chestnuts.
7: Suddenly kisses her.
10: Dare.
5: Better make sure of him while you've got the chance, Pansy. Jimmy's worth tying up to.
0: Oh, well. She blushingly falls into Jimmy's arms. Miss Busby, sinking into a chair, right center. Well, if
2: I ever. Two weddings, at twelve o'clock at night, too. I might as well go out to business. I won't have any boarders left.
5: Oh, Miss Busby. I'm not married yet, and I don't expect to be. You'll have me.
10: And us. We're going to come here and live. Eh, Pansy?
7: This domicile suits me. You can count on us, Miss Busby.
9: And us, if...
0: Looking at Lillian.
7: Yes.
5: There, see that? And we'll be the model happy family. See if we're not.
0: She goes and stands behind Miss Busby's chair, with a hand resting affectionately on her shoulder. And I'll be a mother to you all. Bless you, my children. She is visibly affected.
2: And I'll do my best to make it so you'll never be sorry you came to be Miss Busby's
0: boarders. Marguerite stands behind her chair, Jerome and Lillian at her left, Jimmy and Pansy at her right. She reaches up both hands, which they grasp on either side, bending toward her with a show of affection. She looks up at them, smiling. Curtain End of Act 3 End of Miss Busby's Borders by Arthur Lewis Tubbs